0: John Yao, Poems, Genghis Chan on Drums Darts and Brooms When I was a child, every story you told began with the same line. One wants to become a squirrel capable of surviving winter. No one could ever guess what you would say next, which is why we huddled around you each evening and waited for the shadows to walk deeper into the crowded room. All across the countryside, the ribboned heirloom bundles of arts and letters began to be stored in broom closets while the brooms were to put to better use. According to one of the few surviving chronologies of that turbulent era, this is what happened next. As members of a village or a town, for some reason, cities didn't count. We had to find a new way to measure distance, to anticipate what provisions were needed to travel from point A to point B. It had to be written in a language that we could all agree on, and that not proved elusive. In some parts of the countryside, it was reported that cookies were banned, a bourgeois luxury signaling that the roots of one's thoughts were planted in the leafy pond of idleness. This was how further roadblocks to wholesome advancement were removed. Elsewhere, though this has proven harder to pinpoint, caravans got stuck in time. One day we got news from a city seen on the horizon. Rows of bobbing smiles were erased from the faces of disgraced instructors. The oldest instructors, the ones closest to being completely useless, as opposed to partially useful, were dressed up as scarecrows and brought out to the fields so that they could become one with nature. So began the all-consuming reclamation project, The Great Upheaval, where barn swallows were trained to peck the eyes of interjectors and those gleaming with inconsequential infirmities. Your part in this remains a mystery since you were not a direct participant, at least as far as anyone remembers, or even a line of marks in a list included in a citation. According to a one eyed witness, there was no moonlight in those years and butterflies lingered outside the park. One particularly gray Sunday, the body of a battered rabbit was mounted on a stick and planted at the park's entrance as a warning. The meaning of the warning was never agreed upon, which caused waves of consternation to undulate through the gathered clusters, heads bobbing in unison. It is known that there were other situations where it was best to imitate pigeons, but these have not yet been entered into the record. Monkeys were freed from their manacles. No one disputes any of these versions since they all have a ring of truth to them, however small and dirty. Can anyone prove reliable in this environment? Maybe there is no such thing as an eyewitness. Who sees the lone mosquito in the dark? I was there, but I didn't see anything. I heard your eyelids fluttering. I listened to the sweat rolling off a table. A beast's fur stiffened against the wind snake slithered out of a jug stored beneath the sink. The faucet never stopped crying one pathetic tear at a time. I listen to your body sinking deeper into the mattress that separates us from the dissatisfied earth. We are not lying next to you each in the dark because it is forbidden and we always obey the dictums posted on our doors. I feel you trembling in the humidity of collective apprehension. I try to believe that this is a dream scrap floating on a pool of spilled wine. I don't remember where I read these stories, or if I read them, maybe they just came to me. A memory of my grandmother staring at her reflection, as if she were examining a stranger's pocked countenance. I was peering into a box full of minor adjustments when it all happened. I was having an erectile dysfunction when a commotion began taking place outside my window. I was talking to a rooster or a sheep someone disguised as a confidant. The last time I scorned your shadow proved to be our undoing. The symbol for love is a skull. It does not have to be grinning. It is not a hollow container where you store your jewelry or an orb to be polished by the bedroom window. You should not have told it your secrets. Those who say poverty finds its own humor are liars, deluded as the mayor on his hands and knees, pretending to eat grass. This is what you never talk about, even though it is written all over your face. Your neighbor was put out to pasture. You looked at four walls and learned to sew and sing. Sometimes you would get up and dance. For years, you took comfort in climbing onto the only table your relatives left behind and pretending that you were looking for the horizon. On being told that I don't look and act Chinese, I am deeply grateful for your good opinion, I am honestly indignant. I am, I confess, a little discouraged. I am inclined to agree with you. I am incredulous. I am in a chastened mood. I'm far more grieved than I can tell you. I am naturally overjoyed. I am not going to let you pay me idle compliments. I am not in the least surprised. I'm not sure I can manage it. I am persuaded by your candor. I am quite discomfited. I am so glad you think that I am sorry to disillusion you. I can assure you it is the most painful to me to hear you say it like that. I can easily understand your astonishment I can only tell you the bare facts. I detest exaggeration. I don't know why you would say that. I hadn't thought of it in that light. I have never heard it put so well. I see it from a different angle. I stand corrected. After I turn 68. I find distasteful ways to use the words enduring and hopeful. I begin stockpiling my daily doses of radiation in an abandoned warehouse, dollhouse. I order crystals from mail order spiritual specialists and bury them in the front yard. I start telling my neighbors that I am interested in marrying an older mermaid. I ask a coworker if it is unsanitary to sneeze into my unwashed armpits. I confess to the druggist that the condoms are for my besotted dog. I tell the taxi driver that I was lucky to have escaped from the morgue. I shrug my shoulders and pretend that I don't know what you are saying. I ask people if they have seen any strange pedestrians wandering around dazed. I carry a toy phone under my arm and talk into it whenever I go outside. I once told my psychiatrist that I speak gibberish in four different languages. I pretend that I am poet interested. In discarded library books and obscure rhymes. I always sign the guest book with three X's. Because growing old is pornographic. O oh, peying sonnet. Ten. Chinese people can't cry. Their eyes aren't big enough. Their eyes aren't big or straight enough. To let them crocodile slippers slide out. In Eastern Noodle, where every dentist is wong, you can always buy samples of boiled dog squalor. Why should we let them try and keep up with us? How dare they look at us with that impervious squint? Make no mistake, these are tight-fisted little marauders. Hollywood assessment got the right narrative for this. You need to kill them off in the first or second scene. Further proof that they will get what is coming. Let them enjoy the fruits of overpopulation. Let their countryside fill with falling sheep. Let them crawl over each other. Rapacious bugs think they can warm their spreading butts on America's corpse. O. P. Sonnet 11 There is no room for them horizontally, vertically or in a jar, glass or ceramic. Even these have started to take up too much room. The confiscation of coffins and urns is a top priority. We must stop the practice of filling the ground where there should be factories and high rises. From now on the dead must be cremated and their ashes scattered in a vegetable patch or by the side of the road, where they once sat, watching trunk trucks rumbling past, or scattered on lakes and ponds, wherever they leave, no sign of having once taken up space and now dissatisfied, wish to leave some part of their husk behind stubborn coots who think their time has not come to an ignoble end. We must pulverize and scatter them and the customs they cling to. O paying Sonnet 12. Our joyless eye knows we're not lilies or meteors, but like a caged lion shaking in a cloud of fire or a rocket empowered by its own leaves, we become our destiny. Military sardines side by side sliding together in the dark. Our duty to become slippery and strong, to glide only among our own kind. Like mindedness is the only goodness to pray to, suckling judgment on others, not belonging to our established pride. Join a sending tide or higher tornado. Them being blowhards and we being diehards. We win what is ours. This angry and hungry face. Birth colors, pale light, draining the migrant air. O Sonnet 13. Don't blame bat soup for the Wuhan virus. They don't just gobble down four-legged and two-legged creatures. They slurp slime depositing life forms residing on pond bottoms. They bury their eggs in dirt dug up from children's graveyards. They make broth for dumpling soup from bones of rabid dogs. They scrape donkey hides and turn the piles of pickings into youth jelly. They rub bird droppings into dark crevices In pursuit of yellow beauty they refuse to change their names to soft letters that roll off the tongue they hide others among them that harbor torrents of bad and ugly feelings they claim their ancestors were inventors when they were first when they were farmers crouching in mud they concoct histories So fantastical that not even small children believe them. They invented fireworks, noodles, and kung fu, which hardly adds up to a civilization. They openly sneeze and snicker about it, and then scatter like mice. They are nothing more than scribbled names on the flyleaf of a tattered book. They might make good sneakers, but they are sneakier than snakes. O, pinging sonnet fourteen. We wake to red sky bleeding in its white fest, like a pair of dice tossed in aftermath of outbreak. You have to praise latest round of questions. Ask if okie dokie ethnic food, really that good for you. Or is it just latest rating hoax, like health food or dieting? Poisoning cerebral contents with stiffened bodies, filling blessed vessels with undue cravings. You must learn how to stave off naked invasions, when every fork and scrape is another pore of entry. Bugged skin cream burrowing down to matter's heart. Next stop or latest sop. Cramped Silo offers no asylum. Aren't you tired of falling into traps of advertising when the less fortunate deserve to be less fortunate? Why limb warning, iambics of swarming dread? O. Ping Sonnet 15 We're not talking about Asians, we're talking about China. It is smart business to name a restaurant chain after a cuddly bear who happens to be a vegetarian, but it is another thing to go big game hunting in the African savannah. I would just as soon turn a panda into a huggy coat or hat. Importing kudu horns or making a zebra into a rug. This is real and different. For one thing, it's permanent. Not just a bowl of green weeds and brown meat scraps. Gobbled, wolfed, or slurped up or jammed down with sticks. Standing beside a dead giraffe that you shot on a hot day. Proves something about the depth of your character. I respect a man or a woman who displays big game trophies. We had Teddy Roosevelt, his big stick policy, and rough riders. What does China have? Old men with canes and fallen zippers. O Sonnet 16. My message is that let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick The trouble with the Chinese is that they like their old people. The older, the better. As if each one of these wrinkled excuses was a bottle of fine wine, which they know nada about. The Chinese got it all wrong. Boatloads of their grandparents Should be more than happy to die from coronavirus. It's a cost effective way to save their grandchildren from being poor. That's why there is something deeply wrong with China and the Chinese. They believe getting old and not working and sitting around toothless is proof of love, but it is not. Old Chinese are just grinning vampires sucking the marrow from their young and packing them off to factories. Americans know better. That's why they go to the beach and play golf. Americans invented plastic surgery, tight pants and rock and roll. What have the Chinese done beside give us cookies crammed with lies? We really know how to live while the Chinese don't even know how to die. O Ping Sonnet Seventeen. Don't go near them if you want to have a future. Their stores are yellow and flooded with afflictions. Whenever one of them is driving in next lane, I pray they stall and leave this part of the air. This is the only way to translate their stains. Their language wires muddle everything they say too many to begin with if you ask the sky i know some can see out the sides of their faces got those shiny black beads and a special tongue for spotting a wedding ring at the bottom of a lake known to sell their daughter's hair to wig makers a storm of smooth faces buying up our warehouses i just don't trust them even when they are honest can't you see that there are too many downed races? Oh, paying sauna 18. Definitions for Joseph Donahue and Albert Mobilio. A senator is a larval form known to sprawl in leather chairs. A wet market is where you go to buy a bucket of unwashed food. A laboratory is what you need to coil together more diseases. A car is the rickshaw you drive when you cannot leave town. A hair salon is a mirror where you breed more germs. A restaurant is a table that lets you sneeze into the food. A president is an elected official who cannot tell the truth to his children. A secretary of state is a poncho in charge of Manufacturing Rumors A housing complex is where you go to die among friends. A sweatshop is one way to help shoppers save money. A whistleblower goes to jail for crimes others commit. A scientist is a shaved baboon who fits neatly into a lab coat. A buffoon is a person who believes the president first. A patriot is often identified by his or her misspelled tattoos. O Ying, Sonnet 19 I would rather be a losing panelist on a game show or tied to a folding chair by a one-eared sadist. Open-mouthed, a bird waiting for the drill to descend. I would rather confess my secrets to a psychoanalyst. But if you want to make a bet, I got one you can't lose. They got diseases brewing there that you haven't even heard yet. I wouldn't take home a fortune cookie, no matter how lucky. Don't believe them when they come to you barefoot. Don't believe their alligator tears or their screaming lobsters. They got housing units packed tighter than a pan of burned rice. Living in Chinatown is like living in China, which is why you should never, ever go there. Wuhan is where scaly phataginus vacuums up viruses unless you want to exacerbate your syphilis and angina.